Welcome in. This is your Tuesday scramble for February 1st. Oh my gosh, February 1st, 2022. And we are indeed presented by Prize Picks. Ooh, a little team talk about them in just one second. Andy Lack is here. Andy, good to see you, brother. How are you? Good morning, man. How was the trip back to Vegas? Uh, uneventful, which is good. Right. You know, just a straight shot, no traffic, but it was, yeah, it was, it was good to get out there. Not only uh, hang with you for a couple of days, but also hang with uh, some others, meet some, meet some people out there on, on Torrey Pines. It was fun. Yeah. It was a blast to meet you and also meet a bunch of other people that, you know, were, were listeners and, and some Twitter friends out there as well. So I had a blast. I'm so happy that we got it in on uh, oh Saturday night. I, I I was trying to, I was figuring out cause I was watching it back. If the TV broadcast did a good job of really showing how dark it was out there. And I, I mean, it was, they had, if Zalatoris made that putt, that was it. There was no way they could have played another hole. Absolutely None. no way. I don't care what the cameras on television showed you. Uh, there was no chance they were playing another hole. I do also find it amazing. The internet is an amazing place. Like when someone comes up to you in real life and is like, hey, I listen to what you put on the internet or I watch what you put on the internet. That is mind boggling to me. It's amazing, but it's like, it's crazy how the internet works. I'm still shocked that people, that anyone listens to me at all, but it is, it, it, the, it, it's so much fun. Shout out, um, John, John, right. Who's John John. 11, who's 11 years old and has not missed an episode of the first cut. Amazing. Amazing. That, 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 that kid's, that kid's going places. I can tell you for sure. Um, all right. We got a lot to get to. Let's jump into this, but also big news. I don't know how many weeks we are into this. Three, four. We Three, four, we've got yeah. a sponsor, Andy. Whoa. How about this? We have Whoa. secured a sponsor, which is not only a a testament to the content, but really to testament to everyone who's listening, everyone who's following. Uh, Prize Picks is on board. I'm very excited about this. I have been getting more and more into props, especially for golf. I mean, you see it in other sports all the time, and obviously, Prize Picks has other sports. But like when you see when you see all those parlay tickets on Twitter or like whatever it is, it's always props. And I've started to get more and more into props recently. So I'm very excited about this one. I'm super excited as well, Rick. I have been familiar with prize picks for a while and I'm still really um, learning the ropes and diving in, but the amount of different things as somebody who loves basketball as somebody who loves football as well the kind of the opportunities and possibilities are endless so i am so excited to get started with them and make their uh a, their segment a regular part of the show yeah so we're gonna have a i called it prop it like it's hot in the outline we'll, we'll we'll figure out a segment name for that but we'll do a segment on props uh in, in a little bit here but the code you're looking for the code that will get you a 100 to 100% instant deposit match up to $100 is Rick R I C K that is the code you are looking for very very excited uh and Matthew is excited as well he says props pick is prize picks is great been using them all nfl season and a ton of fun when your season long fantasy team inevitably goes to crap by week three i love it i love it and sienna john says what's the prop on number of birdies from golf boy ben crane that's that's not that's is it, that's the, in it is he in the field this week 
He is. He's uh, a min $6,000 uh, if you're looking for him on the board. All right, let's quickly recap the farmers because we have a lot to get to today. And I've got to give the one and done update and all that good stuff. But uh, Luke List and Will Zalatoris in a playoff that you and I watched from the hillside on 18. Could like team no putt, a, a team no putt playoff. I love it. Every single part of it, I love. Yeah, it was a blast to see. I'm kind of kicking myself for not having a little more exposure to either of those guys because, Rick, you look at any of the stats and they were showing us that the way that Will Zalatoris and the way that Luke Lest are hitting the ball right now is at a pretty elite level. Now, I think the reason why myself and many others were a little gun-shy when it came to betting them and winning a tournament is because are these guys going to be able to make enough pots on Sunday? And Lest, uh, he he did just enough, right? Like he putted just enough. And, and it also helps when you're hitting your wedges to tap it right as well, which is what happened in the playoff. Yeah, just don't worry about putting when you stuff it to eight inches. Uh, even I could make that putt. I believe I sat here last week. And I said, look, there's Keegan Bradley at 80 to one. There's Luke List at 70 to one. I love these guys here, but can they really make enough putts to win, to win at Tory Pines? And I eventually came to the conclusion on my betting card that the answer was no. And I was wrong. We were, we circled, we circled the guys. And then at least I personally uh, did not pull the trigger and actually make a wager on it. But I feel like the process, the process makes me feel good. Yeah, the process was strong and, one of my takeaways with like, what's your, where, where are you at on Zalatoris right now? Because he's not as young as you would think. He's like a year and a half younger than Rom actually, strangely yeah. enough. Like, are you, what's your long-term concern with the putting thing? Do you think this caps his ceiling? The, yeah. I mean, we saw it in action on Saturday at Torrey Pines, right? If he makes, any number of putts over his final two rounds, uh, we're not having this conversation about him losing in a playoff. I think it's it's actually not about the putting stats; it's about the putting stroke. It, mm. it, it Andy, I, I'm I'm not a professional. I'm not an instructor. There, there's a mental thing over some length of putt. It is, it is the most, it is one of the more inconsistent and every golfer has an inconsistent putting stroke, whether it's a little outside in, whether they don't hit the center of the club face every single time he is literally, it's a loop, it's a loop. And that is very concerning to me. Yeah. I made a joke on the podcast that I did yesterday. I think he has more confidence hitting the center of the club face with a five iron than he does a putter, which Probably. is just absolutely fascinating to see. Um, yeah, it even the putt in the playoff that, or actually the putt that he needed to make to win the tournament in regulation on 18. Like he looked so shocked that he didn't make that putt. Like he didn't yeah. get it to the hole. Like he, he didn't get it to the hole. I think Rom misread that one as well from a similar spot, but I thought he yanked it. I, I thought he, when I went back and watched it and you have the worm cam, I thought he yanked that putt. I would agree. That's what I was saying. Like, I don't think he hit a good putt. So, you know, I, I'm fascinated to see where he goes. He he is operating on a level right now, Rick, that like not a lot of players on the PGA Tour are even capable of when you're gaining 12 strokes from T to green through three rounds. Three rounds. Yeah. 
I would say like 96% of PGA Tour pros just like don't even really have that in their arsenal. Um, so I really hope that he he figures the putting out because I, I agree. I think it's a little bit mental right now, but um, absolutely loads of talent. And I think he's going to continue to compete at some of these longer and more difficult courses. And, and I will cap it with this. Uh, still very bullish. I think he's played 40 PGA Tour events. He is one of the best ball strikers on the planet. Whole, they'll figure out the putting. They'll figure it out. They'll find something. We've seen plenty of guys figure it out. Um, still very bullish on Will Zalatoris. Let's do the one and done update. And for basically the fourth week in a row, it's a runaway. John Rom for you, Andy, 445,000. Tony Finau backs up his uh, Wednesday 67 with, I believe, a 77 and missed the cut. So I have not made a single dime in any no in any non-no-cut event. So any cut event, I have not made a single dime. You are at 1.1 million. I'm at 170,000. My only saving grace uh, that there are more tournaments to play. How do you feel about a ROM T3? Like, would you sign for a ROM T3? Yeah. So you got 445,000. Um, that's, that's, that's well above expectation. I think generally speaking, if you go back and you look at basically – uh, money earned for John Rom starts. I don't know this number, but I bet you it's probably between 200 and 300,000 on average every single start. So you got more than that. It, it will be, it'll be terrible when Rom goes out and wins a major or wins something where everyone has him in our little situation where it's just you and I, if you told me 444, 45,000 for literally any golfer on the planet, I'd be very happy with it. Me too. I feel pretty good about the Rom pick. I mean, you still get a, are we at the point? Yeah. I think you still get a top five and I miss a cut and it's, it's quite, it's, yeah. it's close again. And so, I, or I find a winner somewhere. Like I'm not worried about this. I'm just like, I've with it. I, I was going back and looking at this. I have missed the cut three straight times. I could not find another scenario in my one and done career where I had three straight weeks with $0 in return. It's like, I'm, did, I'm in, I'm in it right now. And didn't Finau shoot like a 77 on, on Friday to miss it too? Yeah, he was five like under. That. He was five under yeah. in the opening rounds. I'm like, here we go, baby. Let's go. We're going to make a run here. Now he's going to go to the south course, and that's going to really uh, you know show his strengths. Nope, ejection. Last thing on one and done, because I'm sure I, I get a lot of one and done questions. Do, does it change your strategy at all when you're playing ahead or, or playing from behind? Yes, but not yet. Um so yeah. once we st- maybe once we get halfway through the season, I would say, yes, if you're not taking your position into account, you are making a mistake. So I would definitely say, yes, if you're front running, you can kind of chalk it up. You don't need to take a lot of risks. If you're trying to make up ground, trying to be the only person in your, in your one and done with someone in case they win, like, yes, but I think we're too early for that to be the case. Okay. I would agree. Fair enough. Because I'm I'm trying not to get cute and ch- and change too many things up, but I w- I would agree with that. Pebble Beach. We have a lot to go through. We're going to preview this. We're going to talk about players specifically. We're going to talk through some props. We're going to go through matchups. There is a lot of content, but it's coming on the other side. <laughs> 
Remember, Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field, but I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those two together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. All right, Andy, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, three-course rotation. I believe this is our last, off the top of my head, this has got to be our last course rotation, right? Thank God, yeah. Off the top of my head, it's the last one that I can days. Think of days well. are getting longer. We're going to be in Phoenix, and we're going to be in Florida, and we're going to, yeah, this has got to be the last one. Um, also, I want to bet the Pro-Am side of this as well. Just give me, what's the Streelman Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald number? What number is that? Yeah, that I was thinking about that too. There's a, is there a specific, are you familiar with the field? Like, have you, have you gone through all the celebrities playing? Cause I wanted to ask you which, who would be your pick that you would most want to play with? So I saw the list, but I wanted, I was looking for the list of who their partners were too. And I couldn't find them together. And I was going on the, um on the media site and I was trying to see, and I'll check again here this morning, but uh, I wanted to see who was playing with who, like officially. I think you got to go with, uh, like, remember Larry Fitzgerald was accused of sandbagging one year because they used the handicaps and he came in as like a 16 and he was like a seven and they ran away with it and then they adjusted it for the next year. Do I want that guy who's willing to sandbag their number or do I just want the scratch golfer as my partner? Uh, you, unfortunately, you want the sandbagger. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at it. Matt Gannon says Mookie. I'd love to play golf with Mookie. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, too, is one of them. Definitely not Macklemore. I'll take a pass on on. I've seen Macklemore swing, which is impressive considering he's only played for like 12 months, but not my guy. Yeah, yeah. Just not the best fit, I don't think, for me either. Um, but yeah, I make, the only thing that's a bummer with this, Rick, is... I don't think the uh, TV broadcast has figured out the best balance of like, and I, of course we're biased because we care about the betting and the fantasy aspect of it and want to see the most golf shots. But my memory of this tournament every single year is like less celebrities, more golf shots from players that are in contention. I know my guy. I got my guy. Um, okay. Alfonso Ribeiro, who is uh, Carlton from, Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince Bel Air, which I hate. Yeah. I hate to describe him that way because he's actually done much more than that. He's like the brand ambassador for I think the Champions Tour at this point. He is a stick, Andy. He is very good at golf, and also I think he would be fun. So he is like one hundred percent my pick. Really good player. I think he's like a one or a two. Yeah. So good. So plays yeah. a lot. Do you know how it works? With is there is the is the person, the professional who wins the golf tournament, is that the person who wins the pro-am or is there like a, no. is there like a separate, there's a separate thing, right? For Yeah. So I'm pretty the sure they, they do. Uh, I'm pretty sure the, the, you and your pro-am partner are playing best ball. So the okay. pro plays their ball like normal. And then obviously if you're 
Ray Romano and you're getting a stroke here and you make a par and that's a net birdie and your pro made a par, they're using your birdie. And then I think when they make the cut, they chop it down to the last 25 teams. But I think your guy, I don't know if your guy, your pro obviously has to make the cut or you wouldn't be in the top 25 if your guy didn't make the cut. So there's no way that your amateur can, can guide you through the cut line as a professional. <laughs> yeah. It, okay. So it, it's like, there's like this separate division like thing. Okay. That's interesting. Well, I am, uh, I'm still excited to watch. I'll watch anything. Um, the six hour rounds are a bit of a bummer, but I'm still hoping for a good tournament. We're going to one of the most beautiful places on earth wreck. So should be fun. We are. We are. All right, let's jump into a couple of these important storylines. Jordan Spieth, for me, the storyline of the week. This will decide, this week right now, will decide what's more important, Andy, recent form or course history? Because Spieth's course history, phenomenal. Spieth's recent form, uh, arguably the worst stretch of golf of his career. What are our expectations? And quite honestly, I think it's bigger than this week, Andy. This is This is the time of year Spieth should be starting to peak 60 something days away from Augusta national. Like I, if he struggles this week, I am big time concerned. Yeah. I would say my panic meter on speed is like a 6.5 right now. And if he doesn't play well this week, it'll shoot up to like a nine. Um, yeah, I, I, for me with speed, like what's difficult is that it's not just the stats. It's the eye test also. Like you look at the stats and it's very concerning what's happened to his irons and he's no longer really a zero off the tee either. Uh, But you look at the eye test, like you watch him on the TV broadcast and it's like, man, he does not look very comfortable over the golf ball right now. It looks like he's tinkering a lot. It looks like he's changed his pre-shot routine. You know what I mean? He is rehearsing things that if I was playing with someone out, in the wild, if they were doing that, I'd be like, oh God, this guy's in big trouble. He has no idea where this ball's going. Yeah. So to be honest with you, Rick, like I understand I'm more of a, to answer your original question, I'm more of a recent form guy than a course history guy. Now I understand if Spieth starts drifting on the odds board, he starts drifting close to like a 30. I get that. I'm not going to fault anyone for making an outright wager on on Jordan Spieth. Maybe putting him in your DraftKings lineups is a little bit of a different story. Um, b- because, you know, I, we've seen Jordan Spieth before contend at some of these courses like Pebble Beach and Colonial with his B game, uh, right? Now, it's a little misleading. Like last year, like he was coming in fresh off the heels of a – week where he gained like seven strokes on approach in Phoenix. So he, he had even better form last year than he does this year. I'm going to be interested to see, I'm going to let him beat me this week. Uh, it's a pass for me on speed. Um, but that's kind of where I stand on him right now. I tend to agree with you. I will, if, if he wants to wipe the board and win this, I will happily not be a part of it, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I, I want him to play well. I'm not all that optimistic about it. How about a little bit of an old man resurgence? Jason Day, Justin Rose. How about these two? Coming into form, Jason Day, really, uh, you could argue it was just the one event last week that he played well, and now he's going to a place where he's got a lot of great course history. Rosie's, Rosie's kind of statistical profile for the last couple of months starting to look a lot better. Both of those guys on the first page of the leaderboard last week. How do you assess their chances this time around? 
I have a stat for you, Rick. Do you know that in three out of Justin Rose's last seven events, he's finished a combined five strokes out of three different playoffs. So he finished, he finished wow. two strokes out of a playoff at the Wyndham Championship. Remember that crazy five-man playoff? Yeah, that's when that's when Webb Simpson, yeah, finished T seven, one shot out or whatever. <laughs> exactly. So he was Rose, in that group. Okay. Exactly. So Rose finished two shots out of that playoff. He finished one stroke out of the playoff at the European uh, PGA Tour BMW, and then he finished another two strokes out of the playoff just last week at Torrey Pines. And made bogey on eighteen, mind you. And made bogey on 18, which was, I kind of wish that I was watching because there was kind of a lot of like, uh, discourse about that. Like, why did he, I, people were thinking like, did he think he needed to make Eagle because he went for this big shot, um, with a hybrid to try and knock it close where he could have played it safe. And it was a lot of people were talking about it. I didn't he, see it live. Uh, I went back and watched it. Uh, we we were standing there, but we could not see it. When he came through, we were standing there, but I we couldn't see where we were from. But I went back and watched it. He was like 230 to the middle in the fairway on like he has to go for it. I think he just I think he just kind of whiffed it and and hit it into the hit into the lake. But like I think if you lay up from that spot, you are making a sizable mistake. Even blasting it over the green would have would have been fine. I think he just whiffed it. And I think he was in that situation, as a player, you have to assume that Rom is going to make birdies, right? Yeah, I he's think probably thinking point, 15 Rahm under was... is not the number that gets me into a playoff. Exactly. So I think Rom at that point was either tied with him or ahead of him and had four or five holes left. And so I think in that scenario, you have to assume that Rom's going to get at least one or two coming in. Um, so... You know, I'm high on Justin Rose this week. I'm betting him again. He may be my one and zone pick. We'll we'll have to see. But I, I would probably prefer Rose today in this scenario because Rose's lead-in form, as I mentioned with a couple of these events over the last six months, like Rose's lead-in form has been stronger than Days, and Days was more of a one-week resurgence. But it goes back to the course history thing again. Like Jason Day has been unbelievable at pebble beach i agree with you i've already bet justin rose so pray for me and also uh i do love that jason day is now feeling himself he, he's like uber confident thinks he can win five or ten times this year i love it uh but let's move on matt gannon is in the chat he is very excited that you used his real name for the first time what do you usually call him he is jersey betting on twitter oh okay so i, I call did not him, know his real name so i call him jers so okay I, so my, to be honest with you, I, when I saw Matt Gadden, I didn't even put the pieces of the puzzle together because he's jurors to me. Got it. Okay, well, there you go, Matt. Uh, we've used your real name quite a bit, and he's excited about the Maverick McNeely takes, which it's about that time. We've got two guys in this field, Cameron Tringale, Maverick McNeely, both seemingly trending in the correct direction, both without victory on the PGA Tour. Cameron Tregale, in fact, has made more money than anybody, over $14 million on the PGA Tour without a victory. And McNeely going to literally his home. Which one of these guys is going to cash in on, on victory first? I would say McNeely, probably. Wow. What about you? I mean, I think maybe McNeely is more likely to win this week, but I think Tregale is more likely to win just like first. Because, I mean, dude, Tregale's been good. 
He's been legit yeah. good. I mean, like uh, three of his last five are top eight finishes. He had a couple of close calls last year. He was in the penultimate group with John Rahm on Saturday. Did not blink. Beat him by a shot. I was pretty impressed with what old Cam was up to. I I think he's legit, and this is like the perfect field for him to kind of break through and steal one, put one on the resume. Yeah, he he almost tracked down Hideki too in the middle of the night. He almost the spoiled the Zozo for everybody. Yes, correct. Yeah, so I, I do like this course for Tringali too. I, I we can get into a little Pebble Beach stuff later, but you know I don't think this is a course where off the tee really matters at all, and. Tringali's one weakness has been off the tee. So I think this sets up well for him. He also did finish seventh here last year. Um, I think McNeely has definitely like a higher ceiling in terms of the player that he is. He's, he's a little longer off the tee. Um, he's already had such great success on, on a couple courses. He seems like the type of guy that every year we're going to go to a couple courses and Matt McNeely's, it's going to be like a Matt McNeely course. So I, I, I think McNeely has a little more talent, but you know, if you're asking me at the end of their careers, like who's, who's a safer bet to win more money, like what Cam Tringali has been able to do over the course of his career, never winning on the PGA tour card, but continuing to keep his card like easily without really much of a sweat is pretty impressive to me. It is pretty impressive. It's like holding the minor league home run record. It's like, you don't, you don't want to be the guy who was in the minors for 15 years and piled up those homers. But if you were there, you might as well be the record holder. It's like kind of weird. I hope he cashes in here at some point. Uh, all right. We have a lot to do, Andy. We got to do props. Okay. We've got to do head to head matchups. We've got to do one and done. If you're staying for the picks, they're coming on the other side. All of the tools and data that you see me use on this channel is from my site, rickrungood.com. Rickrungood.com is one of the largest golf databases on the planet, and it's geared towards making your DFS and betting research process as efficient as possible. There are literally millions of data points in the database, and while that might sound intimidating, the tools that I've built allow you to cut through the data quickly, choose what's important to use, and even build lineups that are ready for import directly into DraftKings. Outside of that, membership gets you access to the Slack channel. Currently 2,000 run-gooders who are ready to share insights and have a little fun. I love it, and you will too. Sign up at rickrungood.com. All right, Andy, let's prop it like it's hot. This is our prize picks prop segment. This is exciting because not only do we have a sponsor, which I love, but uh, props is we, – we would not have partnered with prize picks if we were not into props, and I think – Golf is a very exploitable prop game because you're constantly getting different courses, which means you're getting different conditions. You're getting some fairways that are easier to hit than others, some greens that are harder to hit than others. It's not just like, here's a basketball court. Is LeBron going to score 28 and a half or whatever? I feel like golf is, if you're in the know, a bit more exploitable. Yeah. And we have long-term data that can really help us in some of these spots. Like, we know that Pebble Beach has the smallest greens on tour. Like Correct. that's not changing, right? We know we can look and see the greens in regulation percentage, just like at other courses, we can look and see how many guy, how many fairways these guys are hitting historically. So I really think there's an opportunity here with some of these props and I'm excited to get to talk about them a little bit more. 
Yeah, so for example, for this week, and I was just on Prize Picks, they have not released the PGA props yet because they're waiting for tee times because they're smart and they know these courses are going to play a little bit differently. Uh, but I imagine they're going to be out shortly. So I've made up a couple of props here that we can talk through uh, that may or may not be actual props. But you're, you're right. Like when you look at Spyglass Hill, Spyglass Hill had the eighth hardest greens to hit last year, the eighth hardest greens, less than 60% of the time. So if you are doing this for golfers who are on Spyglass Hill, you need to consider that when you're doing your fairways hit prop. Yeah. And I, I can confirm. I played Spyglass a couple months ago. I'm wearing the hat nice. right now in honor of it. Um, number four has like literally an hourglass green. It is. Yeah. yeah it is so narrow and uh, it's really a second shot golf course, Rick, like as you mentioned, especially it's an interesting course because the first couple of holes you get, you're right on the ocean. And then it kind of turns into this tree lined course on the end of the front nine and the back nine. And its biggest defense is that like it has these small POA greens that are pretty difficult to hit. So, yeah, I I, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. And what I love about the fact about the prize picks thing is like we can decipher based on what we already know about these courses and really use that to our advantage. Yeah. And what we know for round one will help with round two and two will help with three and so on and so forth. So here is hypothetical prop. Number one, Jordan Spieth over under, this is round one, obviously 10 and a half greens in regulation. You were talking about it, Andy, where the iron play has not been good. He's been spraying the driver more than normal. Is there any confidence that Spieth can hit 10 and a half greens uh, in the opening rounds at Pebble Beach? Yes, I do think so. Because despite the greens being so small, um, a lot of the time you're approaching them with a wedge. Right. right. So that's, so it's not like with Tory Pines last week, you're approaching some small greens with like a five and a six iron. So I, I think, you know, 11, 12 greens for Spieth sounds about fair. Uh, even though the iron numbers have been poor, I would feel a lot more comfortable if it was at Monterey Peninsula than, than Pebble Beach. So I'll tell you that. I would feel more comfortable if it was Monterey Peninsula or Pebble Beach over Spyglass because of the numbers that I mentioned before. And you're right. Even though they are the smallest greens on the PGA Tour, uh, they're hit at about 68% at Pebble Beach. That's about middle of the road, 33rd out of 51 courses last year. So it's about middle of the pack. So I'm going to go under Jordan Spieth, 10 and a half greens at Spyglass, and I'd probably take the over at Pebble and Monterey Peninsula, which is kind of the, the fun of this. It's going to change every single day. We're going to see how it goes. How about this one? Patrick Cantlay, five birdies or better in his opening round. Now, I will tell you, he averages about six. He is awesome in round one scoring, pretty darn good in round two, 54th on tour in round three, does any of this matter or is Patrick Cantlay just too locked in that we should be just taking the over on whatever his birdie prop ends up being? Yeah, that feels low to me. I'll take the, I'll take the over as well. And you, I mean, the, here's another example of how you can use prize picks really to your advantage. Like the weather, right? Like Pebble beach, it's supposed to be pretty calm the first three days. And then the wind's supposed to kick up on Sunday. Right? So in calm conditions, Pebble beach is a very gettable course. That feels a little low to me. I think I would take the over for Patrick Cantlay, probably at any of the three courses, Rick. 
Okay, and then finally, Daniel Berger over under 70 fantasy points. Now, very sharp that the way that uh, Prize Picks does this. Fantasy points, the scoring for fantasy points, one stroke equals one point. So this is essentially just what their score is going to be. I've set it at 70, which is um, uh, you either get a par 71 or a par 72. So this is either one or two under par. 70.8 is Daniel Berger's scoring average, but he comes into this as the defending champion. He's played this event three times. All of them are top tens. I would probably take the under. Um, there was some chatter in the chat a little bit earlier about is he hurt, which that's what I was looking at Twitter while I was on the course. I didn't get to watch any Daniel Berger at all really that weekend in person, but I know people were talking about how they saw in the broadcast that he was holding his back or uh, he just lucked off. Like, do you have any insight into that? Because I haven't really even like watched him. And his scores were fine over the weekend. The insight that I have was I watched him hold his back early in the round on a couple of shots, and then he rattled off a couple of birdies and shot like two under par. And I was like, I guess he's fine. Like, so that that's my that's my view of what is going on with Daniel Berger. Yeah, if he's in the field this week, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. So yeah, I'd take the under on Berger. I think he's a great course for him. Um, I was high on him last week. The stats are really showing that he's close with the iron. So I will, uh, I'll go the under on, uh, on Berger. Yeah. And the way these prop entries work is the more you choose the higher return that you can get. So if you choose five of them and you choose a side on each one that pays out 10 X and there, you can kind of go from two through five and kind of decide the way that you want to play it. Are you like that boomer bus guy, Andy, are all your prize picks prop entries going to be five for 10 X return? Or are you going to be the guy that says, okay, I'll, I'll do two and I want to make sure I get, you know, 70, uh, 7.75% or 75% of my entry back. If I hit one of these, like, how are you going to treat your entries? I'm going to fiddle around with both probably more boomer bust, which is how I play DraftKings, right? Which is yes. like, I'm looking for a big score and I don't care if I have 10 bad weeks in a row, because I know that one good week can cover all of the bad ones. So probably more of the boom and bust, but I'm going to fiddle around with everything. That's kind of the, that's what's so great about prize picks is that like DraftKings, like if you're a cash game guy and you want to be more conservative and build kind of a consistent bankroll week after week, like you can take that same approach on prize picks. And if you're looking for bigger scores, you can take that approach as well. So I'm kind of going to fiddle around with both. What about you? Yeah, I agree. And what I think we might do in the future is uh, we'll put together like a five prop entry uh, in future weeks because the the props are going to be coming out earlier. I think they're getting posted here shortly. So maybe that's how we'll treat this moving forward. But I completely agree with you. If you want to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, the code you're looking for is Rick. And uh, it not only helps you, it helps us. It helps prize picks. It helps us continue to do this. So it is much, much appreciated. One final thing to do, my friends. We've got to go through our head-to-head matchups, and uh, we might as well leave that fire emoji up because one of us was absolutely perfect last week, but we're going to do that after a quick break. 
Caesar Sportsbook has a new awesome offer for those who haven't signed up yet. They'll match your first deposit with a free bet up to $1,500 when you deposit at least 50 bucks. That means if you deposit $500, you'll get a $500 free bet credit. It's one of the best offers currently available. And this offer from Caesars and more offers from BetMGM and BetRivers are available at rickrungood.com slash bets. Find your state and find your offer. More states being added often. Good luck. Andy, I would not have asked you to do this show if I knew you were going to come on here and whoop me in the one and done and you were going to come on here and whoop me in the matchups, my friend, because you went a scorching hot 5-0 and last week. Every single one of them, you nailed. Hat tip. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, Tory Pines was a, was a good week for me uh, overall. I, I wish I had the list in Zalatoris, but I, I love the matchups, Rick. I, I think like that is the guys in Vegas who are, you know, quote unquote, sharp betters um, that are really betting a lot on golf and it's their living. Like that is what they are attacking. So I have always said like matchups outrights are fun outrights are flashy but if you're talking about building a consistent bankroll from week to week i would start exploiting those matchups five and oh for andy last week i was two and three so i'm ready to make up a little bit of ground here's our first one jason day minus 110 versus cameron tringale obviously minus 110 as well andy your pick please i'm gonna go cameron tringale so am i i love jason day I hope he is on the first page of leaderboards more often. I know that he has the history here, but outside of last week, the day form isn't spectacular. Uh, Tringale has just been a much better golfer for whatever time period you want to look at. I'll take him. Yeah, and even if you, like, I test with Jason Day last week, he didn't look hurt. But he still looked like shaky, if that makes any sense. And maybe it's my previous bias from just like watching him look hurt for the past couple of years. But he really felt shaky to me down the stretch last week. So I don't know if he's 100% there yet this week. I think Cam Tregali is like a much more consistent option. Kevin Streelman minus 110 versus Kevin Kisner minus 110. Battle of the Kevins. What side do you want? I'm going to take Streelman, who's been unbelievable at Pebble Beach. Yeah, uh, he has. Yeah, and he's got, I think it's, you know, is that because Pebble's like a great course for him? Or is it because he always plays with Larry Fitzgerald and and maybe it's just a, a comfy format for him? He, Larry Fitzgerald's a motivating guy. He's probably in Kevin Streelman's ear, just chatting him up, just keeping him focused. Like if, if Larry Fitzgerald was Kevin Streelman's caddy, Kevin Streelman might, win every single week yeah i'm gonna i'm not fading that partnership it is a strong partnership so i'll go with i'll go with streelman over kisner i don't want to get off the rails here too much because we do have a hard stop coming up but uh were you surprised i was surprised to see justin thomas was getting his own numbers and bones was getting his own number and then they were just like they were confirming it together i was surprised to see that yeah, that was fun too. I remember we he hit a, kind of a wayward one on. I want to say it was like 14. 14. Yeah, 14. That stuff is like my favorite part of watching golf tournaments live because you just can't get that access anywhere else. 
Yeah, it was really cool to hear them talk. I know that it didn't pan out for uh, Justin Thomas this week, Rick, but just seeing Bones next to him like makes me feel more confident in him. Me as well. Maverick McNeely, big favorite, minus 155 over Mito. Per- Wait, I didn't tell you. I'm taking Kisner on that side. I'm taking okay. Kisner on that one. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, the Strillman thing has to come to an end eventually. Kisner has been better this year. The Hawaii swing was awesome for him. He hasn't been great at this event, but on paper, this should be one of the better stops for him. So I'll take Kisner. Mav McNeely, minus 155 over Mito Pereira. I guess you're, I, are you taking McNeely? What side do you want? Yeah, I'll take Mav, I guess. I mean, I, I think for all the reasons that are obvious, this is a great course for Mav McNeely. He's really comfortable here. He's really comfortable on POA. I think we're both pretty high on Mito long-term, but yeah. I do think one of the things that's great about Mito is that he's pretty long off the tee. His driver can be a weapon, and usually like his ball striking and long iron play is what separates him from you know other players, and I just don't know if Pebble Beach is going to do the best job of accentuating that skill set, if that makes yeah. sense. No, I agree with you. I um, I was looking for excuses to get to Mito, but I couldn't get there. So I'll take the McNeely side as well. I think Mito, I think a little bit of not only experience in knowing these courses, but also the format I think is so different. Like I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to bet Mito. I'll just take McNeely here. How about this one? Both minus 110. Jordan Spieth, Seamus Power. I'll go first so, so that you're not always having to go first. Uh, I'm going to take the power side. These guys could not be... In going in any opposite directions. If Spieth is just going to roll out of bed and top 10 at Pebble, good for him. I got to take the power side. I'm taking power too. I love power this week. Put the name thing aside and just do a blind resume test. Like power's a top five golfer in this field right now. So I'm taking power. I love the recent form. It seems like he's trending towards a win. That's an easy one for me. Finally, Will Zalatoris versus Justin Rose. Zalatoris is... The small favorite, minus 120. Justin Rose is even money. We're going to be suckers, and Zalatoris is going to finish T2 here. But I'll I'll take the Rose side. And I'm not a Rose guy. I appreciate the new statistical profile that he's putting up. Um, you wonder what Zalatoris is thinking about last week. But I do think Zalatoris, like, he might just win this event, right? Like, I, I don't know. We could be burned on, on, on a Zalatoris bait. I'm going to take Rose too. Um, I don't feel great about it. Like I said, when somebody's gaining 12 over 12 strokes ball striking through three rounds, like they're doing something that 97% of other golfers in this field can't do. I'll say this. If you're looking for a reason to fade Zalatoris, it's probably the same reason what I talked about with Mito, right? Is that what Zalatoris does best. He's like a top 10 long iron player in the world. He drives it really long and straight. But relative to the field, what's interesting about Zalatoris is he's not a great wedge player relative to the field, right? So I would say that this is a course that I don't think does the best job of accentuating what he's best at. I, I kind of like him on longer, more difficult courses. And he's even said that before. He's like major championship style venues set up better for me. I think this is a better course for Justin Rose's skill set. And he's got some great experience at Pebble. He was in contention at the 2019 U.S. Open here. So I'll go with Rose. All right, Andy. Final thing to do. One and done 
selections, you can extend your lead, which is about a million bucks at the moment. And because you continue to win each and every week, you continue to get to get to go first. So you're up. Congratulations. I've thought long and hard about this wreck. I'm going to go with Daniel Berger. Mm. I think this is a decent place to use Daniel Berger. I think that if you're looking at larger contests, the Rick Run Good one and done, Fantasy Golf Championships one and done, I know that Berger's a defending champion, but I still think that the injury concerns, not saying that he's going to be completely forgotten, but I, I think that there are enough concerns around Berger that I think the ownership will be spread out across a lot of other people. And I still think at the end of the day, like if he's playing, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. The numbers are great. Even the numbers from Tory were really good. He gained ball striking. So I'm going to go with Berger here. Um, kind of feels safe. I guess because he's one of the best two players in the field. And, you know, I I'm playing with a little bit of a lead. So I, I feel good about the pick. Uh, Daniel Berger is the play, I believe, which is why I'm going to be a sucker and go with Cameron Tringale. I just think that, um, and this is, I'm certainly being biased from watching him in the final round. I was impressed. The results have been pretty darn good recently. I just think that if there's ever a time where Tringale gets it done, I think it's right now. So Daniel Berger for Andy, I'm going with Cameron Tringale, and I will, uh, based on past history, have zero dollars to my name when when we do this on on next Tuesday. <laughs> and, and 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 Alex says in the chat, Berger withdraw incoming. Like I don't think that's going to happen, but I could probably weather that if it does happen. Oh yeah, right? he'll be like fine. I, I feel yeah. like I'm in a position where if he does withdraw, I can probably weather that. And I think the um, the upside is strong enough with him there that people just Rick, people don't think that players can go back to back or people don't think that players can win two weeks in a row, but they can. I mean, we saw Victor Hovland just go back to back at the Mayakoba. So, you know, I think Berger's going to play well this week. You nailed it. I was going to say Victor can do it. And you were one step ahead of me. Okay. Here's what we've got. Friday's scramble. 12 p.m. Eastern time, unless I have to text Andy the night before and ask him to move it up 30 minutes. So thank you for that, Andy. So 12 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, we will uh, give you the update of Pebble Beach. We'll talk through some storylines. There's actually a lot of big news this week that I want to get to that we didn't have time to do today. Otherwise, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It's at ADPLACKSports. You can sign up at Prize Picks. Use the code RICK for an instant Deposit 100% up to $100, and we will see you Friday.